Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. This is a closer look at people, places, things, things that are going on around us. And today, our guest is Cindy Yahola. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> That's your studio audience. It's me. Uh, so now, tell me a little about yourself. I'm an enrolled citizen with Muscogee Creek Nation out of Oklahoma. Born and raised here in Tennessee, though, and living in Lebanon. And we're going to talk about the Wilco powwow this morning. What does it mean you're an enrolled member? What does that mean? That means I am able to trace my lineage back to someone that was on the original Dolls Rolls from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And according to the federal government, to be considered uh, an Indian in the United States, you've got to be enrolled with a federally recognized tribe. Now, Cindy, what role do you play with the Wilco Powwow? It's going to be September 23rd and 24th at the Wilson County Fairgrounds. What role do you play with this? I am the coordinator. I'm the one that gets everything together, arranges all the arts and crafts vendors, all the food vendors, help promote the powwow, do the marketing. I'm pretty much the jack of all trades, uh, but this is something my father started 40 years ago. And when he passed away, in 2002, the week before he passed away, he asked me to keep this going for him. Oh, wow. Why is it important that we have powwows these days? I think it's important as a way to, it's preserving the Native culture for future generations, and it's also sharing our culture with the local community so that they can learn about our tradition and culture. I used to think powwows were just for Native Americans. That's not true. I didn't know. Yeah. And I'm glad that people like you are bringing it to our attention and going like, hey, come one, come all. Come enjoy this. Come see what is going on. Enjoy some great food, some arts and crafts and things like that. Lots of entertainment. Who's going to be there? What do we need to know about that? This year, one of our uh, new attractions we're having is we're going to have an all-women warriors group as our color guard. And these women are all military personnel. Mm Mm-hmm. And they dance in their regalia, but they also have their uh, military branch emblem on the back of their regalias. And that's how they represent which branch of the military they're with. And then they will be carrying in their flags during our grand entries. An all-women warrior group. Yes, ma'am. I think it's pretty cool because women are very much in a high role in Indian culture. And a lot of people, I don't think, realize that. They think it's the men, but the women are really the ones that are the ma- some of the main leaders of the tribe. And, you know, they they are the main ones that take care of things. They keep the house hold going, and they're sometimes they're more in charge than the men. Yeah. Kind of like every society. The men <laughs> think they're in charge, but it's really the women. <laughs> so I could be a women warrior? Yes. Okay, so what is uh, the grand entry? They're going to lead the grand entry, right? What is the grand entry, and why is that important? The grand entry is when all the dancers, it's kind of like a parade-in of all the dancers for the beginning of each dance session. So they all parade in behind the flag, so all the dancers that are there will be parading in and dancing in their dance style into the arena for the first time for that dance session. What different dance styles are there? Oh, there's the men's dance styles. There's five different styles there, and the women's have five different styles that we're doing this year. And then, of course, there's the teenagers and then the small kids that are dancing also in tiny tots. But like some of the categories in the men are like the grass dance, the Oklahoma straight dance, men's fancy, the chicken dance, and the traditional dance. And women, we have 
northern buckskin, southern buckskin, fancy shawl, jingle dress, and southern cloth. And southern cloth? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, th- so those will be announced ahead of time for those of us who are like, I don't know what's going on. Yes, they will call each category up by each category to dance, and you will see them dance. And you're, you're really going to, they really like the most people like the men's dances because they're more, a lot of them are more fast and mm-hmm. more exciting and entertaining. A lot of things flying around and flipping around yes. and jumps and stuff. I, I remember, I have a friend who does some of the fancy dancing. Oh, okay. And it's, I understand that. And does the type of dance that, one does depend on the tribe that they belong to or that they're enrolled in or not necessarily anymore so many um powwow dancers they're cross culture they they adopt dance styles from other tribes across the country mm-hmm. because like southeastern tribes our original our original traditional dances is a stomp dance a stomp dance a stomp dance okay and that's a whole lot different than a powwow dance but we have a lot of creek citizens that powwow dance okay and so they are doing something else and it does it kind of just depend on what hits them what resonates with them just what resonates with them so like if i want to do the jitterbug or the twist i could just do whatever i want it's like that they can go i i this touches me yes they touch the whatever dance style that's a powwow style dancing what's the difference in a powwow style and a non-powwow style dancing just just the different style of dancing and basically i guess the music because the the music at the powwow is just a drum. No. Yes. Okay. So, you know, you just have the big powwow drum out in the center. And, you know, every, the natives consider the drum the heartbeat of Mother Earth. So when they're dancing, it's also to dance with Mother Earth to that, that beat of that drum. That's beautiful. I had no idea. I love seeing uh, powwow dancing. I love seeing it online. Uh, I follow some sites that have that, but I did not realize that. And that's exciting to know. What about the admission for the Wilco Powwow? The admission is, I think, is a very reasonable price. It's $10 oh, for yeah. adults ages 13 and up. Yeah. Children 6 to 12 are $5. Five and under is free. And it's $5 for senior citizens 65 and up and veterans. That's fantastic. No, that's a great price. Is this the first time it's been at the Wilson County Fairgrounds? This is the will be our third year to Wilson County Fairgrounds. Okay. Uh, we were previously in Mount Juliet for since 2002. Mm-hmm. I know I've been to that one for sure. Yes. And I think at the Wilson County Fairgrounds as well. So after the grand entry, these are all the dancers who are going to dance. Then they kind of back up and then each kind of take turns doing the specific dances. Yes. And they're competing for prize money. That's what this uh, powwow is for. Besides showing our culture and teaching our culture, these dancers are also competing for prize money because a lot of these dancers, this is their way of making the li- a living, oh. especially through the summer months. They just travel from powwow to powwow to powwow across the country, just seeing if they can win and make money. So we're talking about professional dancers. This is like, so, so you think you can dance. This is professional dancers yeah. just doing their job and doing it well. Yes. So it's not like you're going to see like, just the guy that lives next to you going like, you know, I think I'll go out there and dance. I mean, you might, I guess. but oh, these yeah, are, yeah, yeah, you might see that. But these are competitive levels. Yes. Oh, that's good. What about the food that's going to be there? You knew I would get around to that. Oh, my you? goodness. The food is so good. You can get Indian fry bread or Indian tacos, bison burgers, Three Sisters stew. Is that famous? Uh, they're, yeah, they're all very famous foods. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm at Three Sisters Stew. Oh, I had not. The Three Sisters Stew is a traditional, like, um, 
Cherokee or Iroquois Nation stew, which is the, the three sisters, is the corn, beans, and squash. Oh, I love that. I thought it was like Ethel and Mabel and <laughs> Sue or something. Oh, I love that. You can get food there. You can see dancing. You can see entertainment. And you were saying something else about who was going to be entertaining before the dances. Oh, at 1030 after the gates open both days, from 1030 till up till Grand Entry, we will have Aztec dancers performing, a uh, hoop dancer, and flute player. Oh, wow. So we've got that entertainment going on. And, of course, we've also got the arts and crafts that people can go see. We're going to have tomahawk throwing there that people can do. We Uh-oh. have special tomahawks for kids. <laughs> we'll have a guy doing blow dart demonstration. He's coming from Cherokee Nation out of Oklahoma. We've got a storyteller coming from Creek Nation out of Oklahoma. We'll have teepees up. Just all sorts of things you can do. Storytelling is important in the Native American culture, isn't it? Yes, it helps keep our culture going and you know just the just the traditional stories and legends that have been handed down for generations are there some that you remember from your father i remember just a couple yeah like one in particular anything in particular this one is an older story it's about um it's kind of a seminal legend though but it's about have you ever heard of lake okeechobee mm-hmm. well the story he told me was that the way lake o- okeechobee was formed is these two little native boys got out and they wandered through the woods they got lost. They got hungry, but they were always told, do not eat fruit that's already on the ground. But they got, one of the little ones got, the little boy got really hungry, so he picked up something and ate it, and he turned into a snake. And he got scared, and he started just whipping back and forth until his brother went to get help, and went, he whipped around so much and squirming so much, that's supposedly how Lake Okeechobee was formed. Well, what happened to him? I never heard that part. That's all I heard was that's the la- how Lake Okeechobee was formed. I love that, Cindy. That's beautiful. We're talking with Cindy Yahola today. She is the organizer, the jack of all trades for the Wilco Pow Wow that's going to be Saturday and Sunday, September 23rd and 24th at the James E. Ward Agricultural Center and the Wilson County Fairgrounds. Uh, it's in Lebanon. And anything else that people need to know ahead of time about the Native American culture, like is it okay to take photos? Is it... I know a lot of people have tended to like wearing things that look Native American, things like that. Is that okay? Is that kind of frowned upon? Like, let us know so we don't go in as like, you know, here we go. Look at me. Okay. Yes, you can take pictures unless the MC says do not take pictures at this time. Okay. Because there's some things that are just not to be photographed or taped. It's not a whole lot of times that that happens. Yeah. But there, if, if you're not allowed to take pictures at a certain time, he will say, do not take pictures. So that way you're protected. What is important about it? Is it the, uh, a religious or a sacred aspect? Sometimes it's a sacred thing that's happening, and they have to do like a little ceremonial thing or something. Oh, wow. It, yeah, it's usually just something sacred or ceremonial that's you know, not to be filmed or captured on photographs. Okay. And then about the attire? The attire, please don't come with a headdress on. Because a headdress, that's an honor thing. That's kind of a sacred thing, too. Headdresses are normally worn by people that are presented like as a chief or this was gifted to them for a special reason. So it's not really honoring a Native American if you're just wearing a headdress or trying to dress like a Native. Because it diminishes the importance of what their headdress is showing. What kind of a situation would someone be gifted a headdress those just vary by each tribe and what they feel this individual 
has done to earn this gift. So if you see a Native American with a headdress, then you know that that is an honored person in their tribe. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. And what about the regalia, as you call it, the regalia? Uh, it's not a costume. It's not an outfit. It's regalia. It's regalia. And each of these dancers make their own regalias, and it's to fit their personality and how they want it. So there's, you know, there's no two regalias that are the same. Are there traditional kind of uh, basics or something? Is like, do they have family symbols on them or do they have tribe, tribal symbols or just? Just whatever. Some will have tribal symbols. Some will just do whatever just meets their fancy. Just whatever, you know, attra- whatever is their personality. Wow. So when you see the regalia, you know that that is how that person chooses to express themselves. And they're serious about it because it takes a lot of time and effort to make those. Oh, yes. So even the guys make their stuff themselves. Uh, yes, a lot of them do. Okay. Uh, now, some of us can't sew, so we have to hire somebody to make regalias because that's what I've had to do for my daughter because I cannot sew. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, what else do we need to know about the uh, Wilco Powell? Okay, we need to know that both days the gates open at 1030. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, we actually go to 9 p.m. that evening. And we will have a dinner break about 4 o'clock, but we'll come back at 6 o'clock with an evening session and another grand entry at 6 o'clock. Oh, wow. And we'll go to about 9 o'clock that night. And then Sunday, we'll be back at 1030 again with the activities, the Aztec dancing, hoop dancer, and flute player. Grand entry at 1, but we'll close up about 5 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you... Get there in time on Sunday if you can't make it on Saturday. Because they need to get back on the road and head to the next powwow. Yes, or head back to work on Monday. Oh, right. Or school, if kids are out, you know, for school. Do a lot of the people who will be at the Wilco powwow live around here? No, not most of them travel in because there's not really many natives in Tennessee. But we have them come from a lot of places. Like? Oklahoma, Georgia. Alabama, North Carolina. Uh, we've had people come, tribal dancers come as far as Utah, New Mexico. So just wherever they decide, hey, let's go to this powwow this weekend. Do you know how many tribes will be represented this year? We normally have anywhere from 60 to 70 different tribes really? represented. But, you know, that's people, they might be two, two different tribes. They might be Cherokee and Seminole. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could have several like that. So, oh. you know, you might have several Cherokee people or several Creek people or several Choctaw people. Mm-hmm. You know, you just never know. But we always usually have a good mix of about 60 to 70 different tribes represented. When different tribes are at a powwow, is there competition among each other when they're like, okay, we're going to kick you guys' butt? Or is it a, a coming together and a unification? It's a kind of a both. <laughs> <laughs> they will joke with each other. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to kick you out of this one. But, you know, they're kind of playing, but they're kind of serious. But then, you know, it's all like a big family event, like a family reunion. Everybody coming together and, hey, good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while or whatever. It's just like a big family reunion, but yet there's that little friendly competition, too. You said your dad started the powwow, this powwow specifically, how long ago? About 40 years ago. He was with another organization that was here, that was in, here in Tennessee. And he started the powwow, and there was a split in the group many years ago, so they kept their powwow, and he kept his. Okay. What do you think he would say now if he saw how hard you work to keep this rolling and to keep it moving, and with the goal of 
giving scholarships away eventually. Yeah, I I'm, like to think he'd be pleased and proud. I just that's the only thing I can think. Everybody tells me they know he's proud of what I'm doing, but it's just some big shoes to fill. Yeah. Do you speak a Native American language? I do not. I was born and raised right here in Tennessee, away <laughs> from my tribal lands, and you know it's just not here to learn. I did not mean to laugh, but because you have such a southern accent, you're like. I speak Tennessean. I speak very <laughs> fluent Tennessean. Cindy, thank you. You've been a, just a wonderful guest, and I just love what you're doing. I appreciate you. And I noticed that also the Tennessee Arts Commission is the event sponsor. Yes. Because they know it's a, this is a, arts. This is culture. We should be exposed to this. We should learn from this and be blessed by this this beautiful uh, program that you've put together. Yes, I'm very thankful that the Tennessee Arts Commission has become a sponsor of this, giving us some grant money because they see the importance of yeah. showing this native culture and keeping it alive Yeah, and a way to educate people in our native culture and traditions. Okay. September 23rd and 24th, it's the 40th annual Wilco Pow Wow. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday at the James E. Ward Agricultural Center at the Wilson County Fairgrounds in Lebanon, Tennessee. We're going to post the information on our Focus Facebook page. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.